the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Arrogance and meekness. Yeah, that's like vinegar and water. They just don't mix, as we'll see next. Well, a Christian community right here in Livermore, California. Hi there, and welcome to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Today, we are back in the book of James, chapter 3 and verse 13. The message is called The Meekness of Wisdom. Usually, you tend to think of wisdom and you think of arrogance or haughtiness, but from God's perspective, wisdom brings along a meekness to it. And we're looking at that together today. Won't you join us again? James chapter 3 and verse 13. From the well, Christian community in Livermore, California, here's Napoleon Kaufman in today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. There's no way I can be an effective judge if I have partiality in my life. The goal is for me to arrive at that place of truth so that regardless of how I may feel that I Accept that which is factual, primarily through the biblical lens that God gives us all. We have to make sure that we don't have partiality in our hearts when we're looking at the world. We're looking at church. We're looking at the world system. We're looking at race and religion and all this other stuff. Obviously, when it comes to religion, we have our position. We have our doctrinal. We, we know what we believe in terms of that which is true and we perceive to be truth. And the confirmation of the Spirit of God and the life of Jesus Christ and the revelation of Jesus Christ in our midst, that will never change. But at the end of the day, we still have to make sure that when it comes to, you know, people's personal preferences and whatnot, that we don't allow that to blind us. Well, I don't want that kind of person playing for me. I don't like their skin color. I don't want that. I don't like that person praying for me. I don't like their size. I don't, I don't know about that. I, you know, and what happens is there's a personal per- I don't like them, you know, because I don't like their political party. So I don't want them praying over me. And what happens is we get all perverted and, and dirty and smeared by the world. And then we come to church, we try to lift our hands, and we're saying, why isn't God moving in my life? Because you have all this partiality. I don't want to sit next to that person because, because they're, they're dirty, and they, they just came off the streets, and I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't want anybody dirty getting next to me. And then we, and then we say, God, but here I am, God. And, and God's saying, well, there I am too. Why don't you help them out? Why don't you be a blessing? You got all them clothes. Why don't you give them some? The ones I gave you. 
Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen, y'all? And that's how we live. And now we get rid of all this partiality because that's not the wisdom that comes from God. And we want to make sure that we're breaking this down. He says without hypocrisy, that we're not play actors. That's what this word hypocrisy means, a play actor. You're an actor. We're not actors. This stuff is real to us. Jesus did die for us. Jesus is in my heart, and Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father. It becomes real to you. Now it's not, a, it's not a just an external thing that we put on on Sunday mornings. It's our lifestyle. Can I have an amen? Jesus walked through the streets of Jerusalem, and he saw the hypocrites, and he exposed them. And so for us, that wisdom, we don't want the earthly, soulish, demonic wisdom. We want that which proceeds or descends from the throne of God. Can I have an amen? Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And all of us, we should be peacemakers. And sometimes you're going to, in order to have peace, you're going to have to have some war. We get that. But at the ultimate goal for us should be peace. And this wisdom that God gives us, it helps us to arrive at this position. But we've got to access it. How many want the wisdom of God in your life? Now, let's go to uh, James chapter 1. And let's look at verse 2 on down to 8. Because this is going to help us to obtain it. Now, look at this. It says in verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy... When you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How many have experienced a trial in your life? Now it's amazing how God tells us to count it all joy. But I don't feel like counting it all joy. It's not easy to count it all joy. It doesn't make you feel good when you start thinking about trying to count it all joy. But I'm going to tell you what, when we begin to change our perspective and learn that all things work together for the good to those that love God, to those that are called and according to His purpose. Sometimes it's just a matter of changing our perspective. And this is what the Apostle James is doing here. He's helping us to change our perspective. He says here, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces. Somebody say produces. Your trial is working for you. It's producing, number one, he says, patience. 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 When we start losing control and start understanding that your life is not just in the power of your hands. And we have to learn to be patient and wait on the Lord. Trust in God. Go through our moments because everyone is going to have moments. Everybody's going to have moments when you go through it. And you're like, Lord, when is this going to end? But God is working something in you that, that is going to be necessary for the next thing that comes your way. And when we learn to be patient in life, and trust God. Because you being patient, all it is is a revelation of your trust in God. I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to show you I trust in God because I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait on him to open the right door. 
to put me in the right situation, to bring the right people into my life, that I'm not going to rush through life, and I'm not going to try to strive to make it happen. Can I have an amen, y'all? I'm not going to strive to make it happen. I'm going to let God. And Moses goes to the Red Sea, and he's sitting there, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. The Egyptians are just barreling down on him, and he sits there, and all he begins to lift up his rod. And then all of a sudden, God splits the Red Sea for him. But he had to be patient. And for us, it's the same way. He says it's, it produces patience. But look at verse 4. But let patience have its perfect or complete work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. But look at this, y'all. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will. Somebody say will. It will be given to him. So when I'm going through a tough situation and my back's against the wall, I know that God wants me to access godly wisdom, not that which is earthly, soulish, and demonic. He wants me to tap into true wisdom. He tells me to be patient, and then he's telling me that if I lack wisdom during this moment, that he will give it to me. That he wants to give me wisdom. That proceeds from the throne of God. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in what? I got to have faith though. And this is where patience, faith and patience work together. Because I'm showing God that I trust him. I'm showing God that I have faith by waiting patiently and allowing him. Oh, this is the strategy you want me to use. Ah, this is the strategy. God said, when you go in the business meeting, don't say nothing. But Lord, they're falsely accusing me. Don't say nothing. But Lord, they're saying, don't say nothing. (laughs) You know most of us going to (laughs) talk. It's hard to do that. But when you have envy and self-seeking out of your heart, when you're in a position where you're saying, God, I have, I'm going to be patient, I'm going to trust in you because this is a serious situation, and then God begins to give you wisdom that you need. And sometimes the wisdom of, that you need in that moment is just be quiet. Sometimes he's going to give you wisdom, and he's going to say, open your mouth, and I want you to say this. And God's going to give you exactly what to say. It is going to pour out of your spirit. And everybody's going to look up in the room, and they're going to say, man, that person is so deep and awesome and profound. Did you just hear what came out of their mouth? They're the best thing. We need to hire them and give them a promotion and make them like the leader of this whole company. And then you're sitting there saying, yeah. (laughs) And then they're saying, but they don't know that you really don't know what you're talking about. You just happen to be quiet enough so that God can tell you what to say. (laughs) Woo, been there, done that. Praise him. And, but what happens is, what we have to see is that if we lack wisdom, God wants to give it to us. He says he does. But we have to be people of faith. Somebody say faith. He says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. <laughs> 
He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. And so what happens is we can actually, and I love this, he says double-minded. That means a person has two minds. And they're jockeying between these two, these two positions and they haven't settled in a position of faith and trust in God. And for us, we want to settle in a, po- a position of faith and trust in God. Then God gives us wisdom for how to take care of our families, how to raise our kids, how to run our businesses, how to make sure that we take care of our church, how to make sure that we, we're um, dealing with, with, with uh, things that are on the horizon. Where's my kid going to go to school? What about this promotion? Should I take it or not? What about this, this relocation? Should I go or not? All those things that we face in life, God gives us wisdom. But we can't be double-minded. We have to be patient enough to wait on God and allow God, and through his counsel and people he's placed in our life, God begins to give us a wisdom. If you want to become wise, hang around people that have wisdom. And then what happens is now you start to find yourself running in blessing and in blessing and blessing. And then you may have a little fight over here. Then you're running into another blessing, another blessing. Then you may have a little fight over here. Then another blessing. You start seeing yourself on an, an, an ascension. Because now I'm, I'm flowing with God's purpose. I'm regulating my relationship with God because God has given me wisdom so that I can regulate my relationship with him. And now I'm finding myself in a flow. You find yourself in a flow. And this is what God wants to give us. But if we think that we can get this done without accessing his mind, we're going to end up shipwrecked. Because sensuality, earth, earthiness, earthliness, and soullessness, and the demonic are going to continue trying to access to get us to go down a road that is not God's path for us. It's not the wisdom of God. And so for us, we see very clearly here, this isn't something that God's trying to hold from you. Wisdom is something God wants to give us. We have to stop being so consumed with obtaining knowledge that we neglect wisdom. Now watch this. Let's go to Ephesians. We're going to close with this. Go to Ephesians chapter chapter 1. Because not only... Does God give us wisdom? But he wants to give us the spirit of wisdom. Watch this. Look at verse 15. The Apostle Paul, he's talking to the church of Ephesus and he begins to tell them about a prayer that he's been praying for them. And this is, we're going to pray about this today. He says, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him he said the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I need the spirit of wisdom on my life. How many want the spirit of wisdom in your life? He said the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. 
This, the spirit of wisdom and revelation helps to give me knowledge of him. And it helps me to regulate my relationship with him so that I continue to grow and prosper and be a blessing in the earth. He says the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding might be, might be enlightened. Might be enlightened. It's amazing how the spirit of God will enlighten you to his presence to his direction, to his, his purpose. God wants to help you to understand your purpose in life. He gives us a spirit of revelation, wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of our understanding. This is the problem that we have. We're so busy living our lives with these eyes that the eyes of our understanding haven't been enlightened. So God begins to quicken us, make us alive. It's amazing how before you gave your life to Christ, how, how your conscience was shut off towards God. But then when God starts, God comes in your life, he starts to open things up. You, oh my God, I cannot believe that was God. God was moving in my life. I didn't even know it. And you look back and you see the handiwork of God in your life, even though you thought you were just living your life. But God has had a purpose. Then the next thing you know, God starts sending people your way. And they start giving you insight. And, and then the next thing you know, you look up and you say, my goodness. You start looking up at the moon and like, my God. God made that. And then you look at the star and you say, my God made that. That God made the sun. That big ball. A fire. And it's just there. You start thinking about all the things that God, you start looking around and you start seeing God. You start seeing God's handiwork. Like he made that. And man, look at this. Do you see that animal they just found in the, in the ocean? They didn't even know it was there, but God just made it in one day. So here. Let me, let, me, let me show y'all how awesome I am. You start thinking about stuff that God has created and he's made. I mean, and I say this to you all the time. Just look at, you, look at yourself in the mirror. The Bible says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That, that God formed you. <laughs> I mean, just think of the, just the detail in the, in the handiwork of your body. And your hands and your feet and your eyes and, and everything, how it works. The, how your heart pumps and how your, your, you just think about your ligaments and joints and how skillfully you're made. And then somebody have the audacity, these people of great wisdom, the wise people. Oh, it was a big bang. <laughs> How stupid is that? So a big bang just happened and then we all just. Come on. Come on, man. The creation tells you that there's a creator. Read the book of Romans, first couple chapters there. And you'll get an insight into that. That God, he's showing you how awesome he is by all the stuff that he's created. 
And, and then you start to see that it's the wisdom, it's the spirit of wisdom in Revelation that enlightens us and gives us insight into all these great things. The eyes of our understanding, look at verse 18, being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of your, of your calling, of his calling. So God gives me spirit of wisdom and revelation that I might know him, but then also I might know the hope of his calling, the hope that's assigned or that works in conjunction with his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Look what he says here. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand and in, in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. All this power, all this power has been extended towards you. And then God turns around and he says, I'm going to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of me so that you can understand and you have insight into those things that I've done for you. And so now it becomes a reality. And now this wisdom that I have is not just coming to me, now it rests upon me. And God gives me the ability to access his mind on a day-to-day basis for everything that I need in life. And it doesn't mean that I don't go to school. I love going to school. Praise God for school. It doesn't mean that I don't further my education. But now when I go in to further my education, I have that person's mind, but now I also have his mind. So when I'm sitting in the classroom, I'm not just listening just to what that person has to say. I'm also accessing God's mind to say, hey, how does this balance out and line up? So now I become skillful. And I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And I'm able to obtain information and know how to rightly, somebody say rightly. I know how to rightly apply knowledge. I know how to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Can I have an amen, y'all? And then now I'm working in conjunction with God, and then I start running into purpose and destiny, and his plan begins to unfold. But the spirit of wisdom and revelation is now helping me. Saints, we have been so consumed. We have been so consumer-driven when it comes to getting knowledge. And some of us have become so filled with pride and arrogance Because we think, I know everything I need to know. Nobody needs to tell me anything. And then we turn around and we look up and we've got all this head knowledge, but we don't have life. Wisdom helps us to rightly apply the knowledge that that we've obtained and received. And then we stay in tune with God. He helps us to regulate our relationship with people. And then now I find myself, because of the spirit of wisdom... The spirit of wisdom now comes upon me, and now I find myself constantly making decisions that result in me being blessed. And I get into a rhythm with God. This is what the patriarchs did. This is how they became successful. And this is how they conducted their affairs in the earth. And this is what we need. We need to ask God to give us wisdom. 
I'm very knowledgeable, Lord, and I thank God I know all these things, but I just, I just need some wisdom because my head is going to explode. I need wisdom. I need you to teach me how to do things. And, and the thing about wisdom, I'm going to say this and we're going we're to pray. The thing about wisdom, when a person truly has wisdom, they're not always trying to impress you with their knowledge. You get the sense that they know more than they're telling you, than that they talk about. But when it's necessary, then it just comes out of the chamber. And they're not trying to go around because of envy and self-seeking, trying to prove themselves to everybody how deep they are. You just see the fruit of their wisdom. And then when you sit down and there's something that needs to be addressed, something comes out of them that you didn't even know was there because of the wisdom that comes from God. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on His truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. 